What's up, everybody? Welcome to the American Soccer Show. We are back, boys. We are back. Your host, Paul Young, always joined with me is Blake Andrews and Mr. William Thornton Turner. Boys, how are we doing today? Doing good. Just elevating the leg and letting fluid move around, you know? Thank God. We got, we, we have to know about Blake's uh, Blake's time with his ruptured knee. His I'm recovery. Sorry. Yeah, we actually replaced his entire leg with my French Bulldog's leg. So I think that the Poor recovery should be – I know. Recovery should be speedy. He's going to, you know, obviously have some bunny hops and some quicker – be quicker on that – what is it, left side? Is it left side? Left side. Left side, left side, strong side. You know, Blake, I, I suspect a full recovery pretty soon. You know, He'll I, be back I saw on the, the way... pitch hitting bangers with his left in no time. Just lift <laughs> yeah. the meat on that thing. I know. Look at the fucking ham hawk on that left side now. <laughs> better be Messi's left foot out here. <laughs> it's even better. It's Millie's. William, how are you, bro? Doing good. Can't complain. Good, good, good. Just chilling. Good. I cannot wait to see you, Will. Soon, soon. Soon. You'll, 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 a you'll week, come back. A here. week or so. I oh, know. A week or so. We're we're, mm-hmm. we're gonna get to see you come back here to civilization. But all this good, boys. We are now getting into the nitty gritty of Major League Soccer. The playoffs are right around the corner. I am so so excited because. I, I just want to see who wins it. Like, like this year has been absolutely fucking mental, and I just can't wait to see it. So let's go ahead and let's kick it off. Orlando City versus Nashville. Orlando City having an incredible year. Nashville really making a come up, trying to make a name for themselves this year. Granted, they did not make the playoffs. Sad to say it, but um, better luck next year. They have great stuff to build on, right? Um, so – Nashville actually taking the three points away from this game with a 3-2 win, a huge game for them. But to be honest, it was all Orlando. Orlando could have won the game, and Orlando lost the game, right? Chris Mueller has 10 goals and six assists on the season, absolute dominating during this game. Everyone, you know, looks at Nani to to provide that, but really and truly with um, with Daryl DK and Chris Mueller and Oscar Perea, coming through the middle it is absolutely incredible this this Orlando team is going to be one to watch throughout the playoffs we can all agree on that well actually me and Will can agree on that I don't know if Blake can because he can't he's coming around don't worry we'll get he is but his head is in his own ass for a bit I think they're good no I I never said that they weren't good but I just don't think they're going to go all the way they're not going to go all the way no do you actually believe that I actually believe that it's fine. I believe that too. So, but yeah, I, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, I, I think Daryl DK is, is incredible. You know, coming from Virginia, national title winning team, um, straight out of college for his first year in MLS, you, you boys have to hand it to him. It's, it's impressive because I, I think MLS is starting to go away from pulling uh, players out of college things like that, but um, he's really coming in there, making a name for himself out of Virginia, really, really doing well, bagged to go on the night, um, you know, and this, he had big shoes to fill, you know, with, with Dom Dwyer coming out on injury, um, that 
they Orlando needed somebody as a number nine, and he's definitely proving to be the man. Even if Dom Dwyer was to come back right now, I don't think Dom would be a starter. I genuinely believe that. But again, like I mentioned before, Orlando really struggling in this game because they weren't able to finish him off. And Nashville just digging deep found a way back in through their, through their players. But there, there's, there's one point that, that I really want to talk about is why the fuck don't MLS defenders clear the ball? They would rather take a touch than, than just clear the ball and in the most dangerous situations, like, like numbers are up they, they they've already pressed but for some reason, they just don't fucking clear the ball. Like, I'm sure you guys have seen it within the games that you guys covered, right? They would rather take a touch. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There, I mean, there's there's one instance that I do want to talk about in, in my first game, the Chicago versus NYCFC game, where, you know, the ball should have been cleared. Um, but we'll get to that later. But, no, you're absolutely right. Um, they don't ever seem to clear, clear the ball in this league. They always want to play out of the back, which – you know, you, everyone loves a good team that can play out of the back, and it's it's good to see. But if you don't have it in locker, you don't have it in locker. Absolutely, yeah. and it, it's it's just frustrating because not only is what I say Walker Zimmerman did it several times and put his team in danger, but it was just like, why? Like he would take a touch with with four Orlando players behind him, and obviously he's he's the pivotal point of that of that defense. So he stepped up, the entire team stepped up for him to take a touch in that scenario is just, it's kind of not professional in my opinion, but at the end of the day, Nashville come in, get three, two win at Orlando um, with, with fans still, still in, in the, in the stands, um, which was, which is really cool to see. It was kind of normal for them not to have a packed out stadium, but to be honest, it's, it's fun to see it now because they're starting to, they're starting to incorporate fans back into the into the game. So, very good. Again, 3-2 win, Nashville with all three points. Moving on to Chicago versus New York City FC. Yeah, so Chicago were needing the three points to get into the postseason. They, they needed to come away with a win in this game. Um, ultimately, Chicago walked away with a 3-4 to four loss against NYCFC. Now, this was a – Pretty interesting game. Chicago did really well in the start with the high press. Um, a lot of intensity. They really came out the gate swinging, which is something you love to see from a team that has to get the three points to get into the playoffs, right? You know, it's do or die time, and they just came out the gate ready to get the win. Um, NYCFC were just far more clinical, unfortunately. They took advantage of their chances extremely well, NYCFC. Um, getting the first goal to go up 1-0 off of a corner kick. Chicago did well to capitalize on defensive mistakes though. Um, and, and, and this is what we were talking about earlier as well, you know, NYCFC are one of those good teams and they like to play out of the back, but ultimately they don't know when to clear it. And with Chicago's high press, they didn't want to clear the ball and Chicago continuously would pick up the ball off of the NYCFC defenders. And that's where they would get their chances. They did um, that in previous games. I, I, I think they've actually been working on that, trying to incorporate that into their game, you know, to, to try to make a push to be successful. Yeah, and, and it works well for them. Um, you know, during this game, they didn't create a whole lot of their own chances outside of picking the ball off of the center backs or the midfielders. Um, they did extremely well with that high press and, and, you know, creating those little half chances for themselves and capitalizing. Um, the first half ended 3-3, three to three, tied ball game. You know, I, for me, I was thinking Chicago was honestly going to come away with the win here. 
going into the second half, but they kind of shot themselves in the foot. And, and this is another vital part that I wanted to talk about. Um, the, uh, the left back for Chicago tries to play the ball, you know, across the back line to the right center back and ends up just putting it right at the penalty spot, not near any of his own players. And the uh, NYCFC striker, Castellanos, comes through and just taps it in. You know, at, at that point in a game that crucial where it's 3-3, you've got the opportunity to just score one more goal and go into the postseason. You can't be making stupid mistakes like that. Yeah, I, I agree, to be honest. I, I think that's why that's why NYCFC is is the team that they are. Um, they, they've kind of come out of the gates ever since they were created. I mean, winning winning the, the Eastern Conference, I, I believe it was last year, right? They, they won the, the Shield. Philly winning it this year, but they, they did win the shield last year. They, they have moments to make noises and, and they do a good job. And I, I think they have a good, a good foundation. It's just how do they build on from here? You see what I'm saying? There's no reason that a team like Chicago, granted they are getting better, but there's no reason a team like Chicago should be able to, to play against New York NYCFC. You see what I'm no, saying? No, I, I, I totally agree. And this was a very even game all throughout, honestly. Exactly. This, this was extremely back and forth. It was a great game to watch. Um, I know. No, you're, you're absolutely right. This Chicago team should not be able to compete with this NYCFC team. But ultimately, yeah. that, that was how it went. And NYCFC were fortunate enough that Chicago made a dumbass mistake in playing the ball across the back line like that, you know, inside of their own box. Yeah. It's all right. I've seen I've seen that many many times this year in the MLS as well. You're talking about teams wanting to play out of the back too much. I've seen countless times where teams try to play the ball across the back line at the back, trying to move it out and just fuck it up. Every it team in this league is Barcelona. Yeah, tiki taka. Have you at Barcelona? Last I checked, Barcelona were eighth in La Liga. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> my point think... exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We are Inco- we inconsistency in is key. <laughs> yeah. Being inconsistent is the most professional mm-hmm. way to go about it. But again, you know, like you mentioned, NYCFC walking away 4-3 win over Chicago. Moving on to the other side of New York, New York Red Bulls versus Toronto. Big game this one. Very big game this one. And this really did not go the way that I would have said this was going to go on paper. Oh, man. Yeah. A two-to-one win for New York Red Bulls. Toronto really, really struggled to create those opportunities. Um, Pozuelo was obviously, per usual, the best player on Toronto. Um, he is just a magician on the ball. You sure it wasn't Ever. Bradley? I am confident it wasn't Bradley. <laughs> never. It's, he's always sure it's not. It you know what? To, to be fair, to be fair, Michael Bradley almost scored. However, if I'm the referee and I saw him score, I would have deducted a goal. Immediately Especially if I'm American, call VAR and just bring it back. Yeah, sorry, I'm gonna need to ta- I'm gonna need to take that goal away that you scored, you know, 40 <laughs> minutes ago. This is for America, sir. But yeah, New York Red Bulls, you know, had had a lot of really good energy and they were super direct in the way that they played. Um, they, per this, usual. Yeah, yeah, per usual, super direct. You know, picking up the ball and just going straight toward the goal. You know, whereas Toronto, we, we all know Toronto likes to play. They, they like to knock the ball around and be patient and, and pick apart their team. But this game was really – most of this game took place in the midfield with Toronto trying to knock the ball around 
in the midfield and New York Red Bulls just picking it up and pushing it forward quickly before Toronto had an opportunity to react. Toronto struggled to create their chances and, and they were, you know, I feel like in a game like this as well, Toronto were extremely poor from set pieces. With with struggling to create chances, you want to take advantage of those set pieces. You want to get bodies in the box. You you want to make sure you're putting a good ball in every single time. And I felt like that was something that they really didn't focus or, or try to take advantage of. Um, they had a lot of set pieces, especially toward the end, that they could have taken advantage of. But New York Red Bulls were, you know, really not having a hard time with just seeing it out. Do you think um... – other t- obviously, you know, it, per our predictions and per probably a lot of people's predictions is that Toronto would be one of the favorites to to win the MLS Cup or or be back in the final like they were before. Do you think oh, yeah. with results with results like these, do you think that Red Bulls slowly are coming away from being favorites to do anything like that? I mean, obviously we we talked about the playoff system and how anybody has a chance and that all that stuff, but really, and truly like if you're not in form, you know, you, you can fuck yourself in in these kind of scenarios and they, people can take notes of, of how to shut you down. Similar to how Red Bull shut yeah. Toronto down. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you can even look at a team like Columbus crew who in the MLS's back tournament, we would have been saying, Oh, they could go on to win the league. You know, they could go on and take the whole the whole cup in the in the postseason and everything. But you look at their last ten games and where have they been? You know, they've they've really struggled and right, they've been inconsistent. They've really struggled. But one thing that I think is gonna work really well for this New York Red Bulls team and, and we've seen it work well for them for several for several years. Um, you know, not saying that they've won any major trophies or, or anything, but they're always in there. They're always in the mix, and I think that's their directness. I think you know, that really helps them, especially in this league. It's just that directness to get the ball and just go up the field and not try to play around with it too much. Um, people are going to make silly mistakes in the MLS. We see it all the time. Yeah, you can always expect teams like Red Bulls to grind out results, and I think that's what we've seen all season from them, especially in this game. Absolutely, but we have run out of time talking about Red Bulls and Toronto. I get it. They, they, there's a lot of stuff that we can cover with them, but we, we need to make sure we move on. result, Red Bulls coming out with the win. Inter-Miami versus Cincinnati. Inter-Miami making it into the playoffs this year. You know, to be honest, at the start of it, we would have never said that, but here we are. Hey, that's not true. I gave them a chance. You did. You did. We'll give you that. Yeah, so this obviously is a massive game here for Cincinnati and for Miami, especially as um, Miami has to win this game in order to make the playoffs. And in the 19th minute, we see just that kind of drive is Mikey Ambrose with his, I think it's his first goal in MLS. And it was an absolute banger volley. He takes it down with his chest and then off the bounce, just blasts it in the back post with his right foot. And then again, in the 23rd minute, we see uh, Leandro Gonzalez Perez with a header from the, from the corner, putting it uh, 2-0 up for Miami. And then in the 66th minute, you've got a Cincinnati goal, which is a left-footed laser into the top bins. And the keeper was just rooted to the spot. There was nothing he could do about it. There was a red card in this game, however, in the 88th minute. Uh, Reyes for Miami for yellow card accumulation. And so takeaways from this game, 
Miami, you're going to make the playoffs. Make the playoffs for the first time in club se- in club history in their first season in MLS. And I know Nashville did that as well this year. Big props to them. And obviously, we look forward to seeing what they can do as they play in the, the play-in round against Nashville. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to be honest, congrats to both of them. I, I still stand firm. I, I think that Miami is a very talented team. And I could be completely wrong, but I don't believe that they will they'll make a lot of noise during this. I, I don't I think do. so either, but I, I think if you look at the way that they play and the players that they have, they have more promise than Nashville. But Nashville's, yeah. clo- Nashville's closer to actually winning a title than Inter-Miami. Um, but I, I think that threshold, that gap is going to close very, very quickly in the coming years. And I, I can see Inter-Miami overtaking Nashville by quite I'd, a I'd say next year. Quite, quite next distance. Year, yeah, give them next year and, yeah. and they will. Yeah, I return to my comparison to Atlanta United when they first came into the league. Again, lackluster, kind of mediocre first season. Second season came back and shine. I think what sucks about we, – we weren't able to see the kind of atmosphere that Miami would have brought. Everyone saw Atlanta's atmosphere and what, you know, propelled Atlanta into being the, the most valuable – MLS team. We didn't get to see Miami's culture and and everything that they could have brought within that stadium. It's a beautiful stadium, first of all, reconstructed from this old stadium. So, yeah, like I mentioned, I mean, the, the, just the culture of Miami. It's it's going to be something fantastic whenever we can, you know, get on get over these unprecedented times. Um, I'm I'm excited to see what they'll bring. I want to know if they're going to be comparable to that of LAFC and um, Atlanta United, the the kind of atmosphere that they bring, which I think it's going to be great. Um, similar to how, you know, Blake was talking about it earlier when we weren't on air. Um, but other than that, I, I think it's it's going to be an exciting future for Miami. 2-1 victory, Inter-Miami over Cincinnati, shock Cincinnati lost. Moving on, D.C. United versus Montreal Impact. And I, I, think, I think Henri is really starting to pull something together here, but still he's got to work on that defense. Both of these teams are one center back, like one quality center back signing for both of these teams that they can actually start to propel. Well, first of all, D.C. trying to get back to where they were and Montreal trying to make a name for themselves. You know, sometimes Montreal can put up some noise with the with the signing of Boyan and having Henri as the coach. And I think I think they're wanting to try to do big things there, but they're missing key components. Now they have that attacking force, that creative side in Boyan. They need something that's going to hold them down in that back line, which is Mon- which is a center back. You know, I, I don't know where what markets they could dip into. They seem to have found a way in the Spanish market. Maybe they can go that route. Maybe Henri knows the French market and he can get somebody that we don't know. Or maybe they, they bring up youth, but they need a center back. Both of the teams really do, but mostly Montreal. Other than that, Gressel really um, trying to make things happen as he always does. Um, he scored to make it 1-0 in the first half. Excuse me, Donovan Pines scored in the first half um, from across from Gressel to make it 1-0. And really, truly, it was all D.C. United for the first nine minutes. But after that, 
Boyan started getting on the ball, starting to pick pockets, find space, and really and truly it was just after corner after corner after corner. At In the end, Montreal would go on to score in the 87th minute by Romel Kyoto, and it was just game over from then on. And it, you really could only see one winner in it, and it was Montreal, even though the scoreline says 3-2. Unlucky with the red card. Um, it was a red card, obviously, but at this point, what are they going to do? You know what I'm saying? Like they, they, they put on a good performance, able to grind past DC. But overall, I, I think for both of these teams, one center back each would would put them into into a good place. What do you guys think? I think DC need a lot more than just a center back, but I think Montreal, yes, a center back would go a long way for them. Um, I think Boyan's been absolutely incredible for them, and and what a signing that is. I, he was I think a shock he's, too, wasn't it? Yeah, it kind of came out of nowhere, and he he really fell off the world map there for a couple of years. Obviously, he was he was big news when he was at Barca way back in what 2010, and he kind of bounced around for a while, and and ended up in the going in the prem. Yeah, a few other places, and kind of went quiet there for a few years. But he's he's revived his career here at Montreal Impact. I think um, I, I think he's comparable to what a Giovinco did in this league. He's just so good at being that central striker role and picking those little pockets, um, being a, being a little bit deeper of a striker that can pick up the ball and and push the team forward. I absolutely agree with you though about the DC. I absolutely agree with what you said. I think they need a lot more than just a center back. I think they could use. A coach. Honestly, a total rebuild. They kind of need a coach and a coach to come in there and really shake it up and bring a different, uh, different view on things and bring somebody. But you could see a center back coming in there and really holding down this team. You see what I'm saying? They, they, yeah. they they're okay going forward. I think. I think. But there's a lot of teams that you could say the same thing for in the MLS as well. Like we say, Inter Miami. If they have a better, if they have one more center back, they could potentially make a run for the MLS Cup. You know, LAFC, they need a center back as well, you know? Yeah, I, I think that's – it's becoming the nature of, of world football is to have that – that I hate to say this because I fucking hate Liverpool, right? But, uh, uh, like, the Van Dykes are becoming the, the big points of the world. That, no, like, it's, it's not just that you need that, that strong – front line you need those center backs to hold down teams teams are obviously world football is getting better you need a strong spine within a team which i think that you know liverpool probably have the best spine when they're healthy i think liverpool have the best spine of a team and and if teams can emulate that especially within the mls is to emulate that and to build good center backs and a strong midfield and then uh, just have that spine going through the team you're unstoppable, really and truly. You are unstoppable. But moving on, again, Montreal taking all three points. Columbus versus Atlanta United. Now, we used to think that, wow, this was going to be a fantastic game. It, it was for one team. It was for <laughs> one team. Atlanta, you know, to be honest, neither team really did much within the first 20 minutes of this game. It was all through the middle of the park and really and truly Atlanta kind of dominating through, through that first 20 minutes. Moreno looks very promising with Atlanta. He looks to want to take on defenders, unlike Pity Martinez, try to go after people, try to create chances, try to really put teams and back lines under pressure, which is something that you want to see from an incredible franchise like Atlanta. 
but the likes of John Gallagher, he's he's their be- he's Atlanta's best player right now. His his energy, his desire, and I think that's that's a big piece of what Atlanta needs is energy and desire. Obviously, teams need direction, they need um, motivation and stuff like that. But I think it comes down to a lot of the players, and I feel bad for players like Gallagher and Guzan and Moreno. Players that that put every fucking thing that they have out on that pitch, but you have other players that are extremely pissed off about is Barco. I don't give a shit how many jerseys he sells. He is, I in in my opinion, he is overrated as fuck. He can't last a full season. He's always injured. He's a he seems like a douchebag. I can't stand him. I can't stand him. What do you guys think? I think I, I like Barco. I've always liked him. I, I think, you know, he may not score a bunch of goals or get a bunch of assists, but it's not necessarily that that he brings to the table. You have to watch him when he plays. His his strength is running with the ball and drawing people in. If he can draw in two, three, four defenders, there's always going to be extra men open. And he may oh, not but, be the but one. The, but, he, the, he, but the he, talk of Sevilla, but the talk of Sevilla, you, th- you think he's worth the, the likes of Sevilla picking him I'll up? I'll be honest with you. I couldn't really give a shit where he goes. I'm just saying for Atlanta, what he does in this league at this standard is he draws players in and that leaves his other teammates open. He may not be the one to make the final pass, but if he can draw in the right back, well, now he's got a, a left winger that's open because he's drawn in the right back. He can give it to the left winger and the left winger is free to make a cross. And that's his strength. He's just good at drawing attention, drawing in defenders. I'm just saying with all the hype around him, he needs to produce more. And he needs to play. He needs to play. He can't stay healthy. Yeah, you're still looking at a young player, though, as well. We're not looking at somebody who's in the prime of their career where you're demanding a lot more for them. He's still kind of young, so they're still in the stage where they kind of need to protect him and keep him so that he can, you know, reach the prime of his career. Because Atlanta would like to keep him around for a while, I think, regardless of your feelings for him, Paul. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we could all come to an agreement here. <laughs> but uh, I do, I do think, I do think fans of Atlanta will be happy to see that they're not in the playoffs. Fans of Atlanta would be happy to see that they're not in the playoffs. Yeah, after, after the shit show that this year was, um, I, I think it's best for the season to be over for them and and to reboot and find a coach and really just start gearing up for next year. I, I like a big that wake approach. up call. It's a big yeah. wake up call for the. I think it was city. a very good wake up call for for that the whole for that organization. S- yeah, for that city that can't seem to put together any kind of sport. It, it, it doesn't matter whether they're playing football, you know, soccer, baseball, basketball. Baseball, yeah, baseball basketball. It doesn't matter. Hockey. Does it? <laughs> they don't even have a hockey team, Blake. Lost <laughs> that team, what, 10 years ago? <laughs> 10 years ago. I remember going to one of them games. The Thrashers. Good times. Good times. But let me just tell you, the new number 10 – for Columbus, Lucas Zillarayan. That was tough, but I got it. He's he's a masterclass. I cannot wait to see him just continue to dominate this league. Kind of concerning, kind of concerning for Columbus. You know that I I think they've lost that momentum. Um, obviously Zarda, yeah, obviously Zarda scoring twelve goals on the season bodes well for them, right? And yes, they've had some injury problems, but Columbus. And similar to what you said, like they're just not showing 
do, do you think they actually want it at this point? Like, if, if, I, if I was to look at all these teams and the way that they play, beginning of the season to now, I, I, can't, I can't put Columbus winning it anymore. And that's sad to no, say I, because I, they were I, so entertaining. I would have – yeah, I mean, I, I would have put them as a, as a very high contender at the beginning of the season. But now I'd, I think they could make a run to maybe the quarterfinals, and that's as much as I'd give them. They just look so lackluster and so bored and, and tired every time I've watched them play for this last half of the season. It doesn't look like they can win four or five games in a row. Not, no, not, when no it abs- not when it actually matters, really and truly. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I want to see Columbus successful because it's been a minute since they've, they've been able to, to raise some silverware. Be very six months ago. Six months ago, they would have pumped this Atlanta team. Absolutely destroyed them. But it's just the way it is. It's it's kind of crazy how. What is it? Two two months of football. You know, like like when we were watching them in the MLS's back tournament. Easily, easily. But it's the way it is, isn't it? Moving on to the Eastern <laughs> Conference champions, <laughs> Philadelphia versus New England. God, that was tough. And the supporters' shield winners. Dun dun dun. Yeah. <laughs> so this was a good match overall. You know, Philly taking the two zero win, which is to be expected from a team of their caliber, the team that they've been this season. Uh, it was a good match overall, very back and forth. But we've seen this show before, as I said. Philadelphia supporters' shield winners for a reason. They have that ability to find a couple quick passes, and before you know it, the ball's bounced around and is in the back of the net. And that's that's exactly what you see in the first goal they score in this game in the 42nd minute. The ball in from the corner gets bounced around, flat-footed defending from New England, ball right on Santos' feet, it's in the back of the net. And then again in the 69th minute, nice. Philadelphia just do not stop and attack. You know, they do it like – they look like every time someone got the ball in there in this game, there was around two or three people to play the ball to. They were making really good runs, and they were looking really good in the in the attack. And really in the end, both of these, I was going to say that 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 is the fittest team. Going off of what you said earlier, like they don't stop, do they? No. And every time, like I said, every time someone gets the ball, there's two or three people making a run either in behind or coming and checking into feet. Somebody looking around to make that triangle, that square pass, something, making, creating options. And I think their coach and their, their entire organization have looked good from the start of the season. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, I think with, with the likes of um, Brennan Aronson, we always talk about Santos when he's on his day. Bedoya coming in, um, doing really well. Montero. Montero as well. Um, they they have like a mixture of it's it's peppered of of youth and older players, and they're all just class, and they all mix together really well. And plus, like like Will mentioned, they just don't stop, do they? No, they're they're a complete team. I love watching that Philadelphia team play. They're a very classy team, and and it's like you said, they're just peppered with so much diversity in there of experience and youth, and it, it all just comes together so nicely for them so often. So nice. Hey, did you guys did you guys read the story about um the the supporter shield? I can't read. Doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> Will, did you? No, um, you talking about how they they got it from um someone's cousin. It's like a Captain America shield or something like that. Yeah, yeah, but it's because yeah. they like MLS lost the other trophy in transit. Like they couldn't find it. That so sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, welcome sounds to twenty twenty. Right. 
<laughs> FedEx was like, bro, I don't know where the fuck your package is, bro. <laughs> so they, they had a they had a pizza pan and they kind of crafted it into being the the Captain America shield. Supporter shield, there you go. I, I thought that was pretty sick. They should just replace the trophy with that because that was cool as fuck. Or the MLS could have just not lost the trophy. I mean, yeah, that's also an option. That's but, ideal. Um, that's ideal. But yeah, hey, that's not ideal. the world we live in, is it, Blake? I don't know, Blake. Be not realistic. in this league. Be realistic. Why don't you? This is Moving the up. American inconsistent. I mean, soccer show. <laughs> the American inconsistent <laughs> soccer show. Coming at you hot and ready out the oven. Houston like versus a Blake's pizza roll. favorite team. Blake, they qualified for the playoffs. So you can shut your mouth and you can tell us about Colorado. Rapids, Rapids, Let me tell you about this game. Rapids, and, and Rapids, you know Rapids. what? Damn it, I have so much to say about this game. I don't know. Can you guys, can you guys see my paper? Can you see oh, my yeah. notes? Oh yeah, paragraphs, pages. I want you He's to got... read. I want you to read right there. What does that say for for Houston versus Colorado? It says four score and seven years ago. It says Colorado boring. Rapids became my favorite team. It says boring. Colorado Rapids two to one win against Houston Dynamo. Both of these teams are absolutely awful. Both of them would be in a relegation battle in any other league in the world. But Colorado made the playoffs. <laughs> the rapids, relegation rapids, battle. Rapids, rapids, rapids. All right, Blake, come on. Tell us, tell us a little bit about this game. Like, I, I don't even know what to tell you about it. I mean. Excruciating ugh. detail, Blake. I need to know. The, the only details. thing excruciating about it is watching it. Oh, man. I mean, even the goals. <laughs> I, I can't even tell you about the goals. They were just so shit all the way through from the kickoff to the end of the game. But they made the playoffs. What do you mean? Playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. Rapids, rapids. Arsenal still qualifies Champions. for the Champions League sometimes. That doesn't mean that they're good or fun to watch. I can't wait for Rapids to win the MLS Cup and just fucking rub it in your face. Blake. The day the Colorado Rapids win the MLS Cup, I will quit this podcast. You heard it here. We, get, we need to get that in writing. All right, everyone. <laughs> Stay tuned for the 100,000th episode of the American Soccer Show. When there's like 50 different teams in this league and there's still and no relegation. Dead. It's just our kids doing No this. relegation, no promotion. You play like <laughs> – you literally have a game like four times a week. You, just, you never train. It's just game day and rest. It's just, it's just Sunday league football stem and ice. at that point. Game day, stem and ice. Stem and ice. Moving on because Blake just won't go into detail about these. There's no details. Two playoff to Colorado. There you go. Beautiful team in Colorado. <laughs> Seattle versus San Jose, the Western Conference champions versus San Jose, more like it. Now, this one was a fun game. I will give you that. <laughs> this one was much better. But Rapids um, made the playoffs. <laughs> Rapids, Rapids. The, the first half wasn't really saying a whole lot, to be honest. Both teams really struggled to break each other down. Um, but the second half, things really picked up. Ladero getting on the ball for Seattle Sounders, which is causing all kinds of problems for San Jose. Um, we've seen him time and time again against most teams that he plays against. Ladero is just a baller, creating problems. Everything goes through him. 
you know, one of those players that can just create chances out of nothing and just so good in those little pockets. Um, all three of the main men for Seattle getting on the score sheet here. You got Ladero, Raul Rudiaz, and Jordan Morris all getting goals. Um, unit that Jordan Morris. Yeah, yeah he, he runs like a like a train, like a engine. He just he doesn't stop, does he? That man, that man played many a sports in high school. Hey, Jordan Morris is a class player because of it. Won two national titles at Stanford. I don't want to hear it. He is also an MLS Cup winner and a U.S. Men's you National Team player. You don't know anything player. about his dad, you fuck. Maybe me and his dad went out for a drink one day. How do you know? Maybe. What do you, Blake what do you, what do you know about hole. me, Will? What do you know yeah, about me? I was talking to Paul, not you, Blake. Yeah, you shut up, Will. You don't know hey, shit out there in Colorado. Me, that's, why, that's why you live out there close to Colorado Rapids and their doo-doo-ass squad. Hey, at least but the Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> Seattle Sounders know. are up 3-1 going into the dying minutes of this game. And San Jose are pretty hard done by an own goal. Um, good little, like, link-up play between Jordan Morris and, and Raul Rudiaz and Ladero again. Um, San Jose ultimately getting a pretty unlucky own goal, but that's just the way the game goes sometimes. Four to one win for Seattle. Well done. I mean, I think they can go a long way. I think they're still one of the best teams in this league. Hey, Will, Will, just just, just ask Blake how his knees are. <laughs> what knees? Pretty, my knee's pretty straight. <laughs> yeah, because it can't fucking bend. Thanks to You're Paul's right. dog. <laughs> Thanks to my dog, it can bend. <laughs> Way three points, like Blake mentioned, four one. Moving on, Real Salt Lake versus the Sporting Kansas City. So my first two bullet points for this game are the words snow and snow, because it was, as you can probably guess, snowing, and it was snowing a lot in this game. So um, <laughs> I just wanted to preface that with saying that it was snowing. But in the 45th minute, we have a goal from a corner kick. It's not really dealt with. It kind of squirts around the box, and a couple people hack at it. But eventually, it rolls in the goal. And that's kind of just something you'll see when it's snowing in a game. Again, in the 48th minute, just three minutes later, uh, this one was a well-worked goal in transition, though, as the uh, SKC player beats the on-rushing keeper and slots it home from a difficult angle on the left side of the box. I just wanted to say this this type of weather, though, can be tricky, especially as a favorite and for the visitors. So for SKC to get a good 2-0 result in this condition away from home is pretty solid and speaks to how good and how consistent they've been amongst the inconsistencies this, this season. And I just wanted to get you guys' thoughts on RSL and where you guys think they should be going moving forward from here. Because as you know, they did not make the playoffs this year. So correct me if, you know, I'm wrong. It was snowing? It yeah, I was about to say, if, if he can talk mostly about snow, I feel, like, mix. I feel like I'm allowed to talk about how boring Colorado are if he has to occupy time with snow. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Fucking dickhead. But we still spent 15 minutes talking about Colorado. <laughs> I've got the time. We're we're okay on time. We're okay. Way too much time on on Colorado, but it's whatever. <laughs> we have to with the likes of Blake. But um, I mean, they they had issues with 
with the owner and stuff like that. I think RSL can be a good team. They have won MLS Cup in the past, so they they've been in very good situations as a club. It's not like they're a new team. Um, they've been around for a minute, had some great success. I think they need to fucking fix the board. I think they need to fix a lot of things. And then that will trickle down into the team because obviously, like, you can't get through to that board, it seems like. The issues that they've been having, um, I can't even remember what the issue was. I just remember it dealt with um, the chairman of RSL. You know, I, I guess it's similar to what Blake said about Atlanta. You know, RSL can now have a extended break, even though they don't want it. They can have this extended break to really sit down and focus on what went wrong. How can we get better? What's what's going on internally before we can start investing? You know, because you don't want to invest in the wrong way. You don't want to just start throwing money at useless players. Then you find yourself in a hole. Useless staff, useless players. Like LA Galaxy. Like, that. like, like yeah, LA absolutely. Galaxy. I mean, I, I even saw, you know, there was an interview with just Jeff Lorenowitz from Atlanta, I think, last week. And he said, you know, you, you've either got two options. You either win or you learn. And I think this season he learned, you know, obviously me being who I am, I read it and I was like, well, you damn sure didn't win. So I hope you learned, you know, but I think RSL can take the same approach. You know, you have to learn and you have to grow from this season. You know, just pat on the back. You didn't make the playoffs and keep it pushing and, and go for next season. Absolutely. I, that hits the nail right on the head. That's, that's a good ending point for that. Moving on, Vancouver versus LA Galaxy. And to be honest, I, LA Galaxy has lost so much, so much momentum. It's, it's kind of shocking. I, I, I think they've, they've been worse. Than, I than think you meant Vancouver like versus uh, Christian Pavon. <laughs> You're right, Pavon. And to be honest, Pavon, <laughs> Pavon was captain. This man was captain. He's so young, and you can just tell, like, because of his energy and what he produces and how good he is. I don't know whether he's a leader on the field or in the locker room, but his – Pavon was captain during this game, but Mikel threw the middle of the park, and Pavon wasn't playing out left. He was playing as the number 10. Uh, so he was in the middle of the park, and it was really easy for Mikel, even though he probably had to put in a shift to really keep Pavon under, but – Mikel had him in his back pocket. Pack. Back. His pocket. pack pocket. <laughs> his pack pocket, but back market market. <laughs> Cheers, Paul, for the English lesson. <laughs> pack pocket. But Mikel definitely had Pavon in his back pocket um, with excellent man marking throughout the match. Vancouver were so much more organized from back to front over LA Galaxy. And to be honest, there's not really much to say over that um it was really kind of a boring game because you expect Pavon versus Vancouver to really shine but he didn't and it was just a one-way game well done Vancouver 3-0 win moving on to LAFC versus Blake's favorite Portland yeah hey I, one, I just like Portland because you you were talking about earlier a team having a good spine and I think Portland just have the best spine they do I will agree with you I will agree with you. I'm just saying. Okay, so we have a 1-1 draw here, uh, which is kind of to be expected between these two teams, to be honest with you. Both of these two teams are two sure playoff contenders in the West. And um, right away in the fifth minute, you've got an LAFC goal for Carlos Vela. It was a rebound tap-in, but it's his 
uh, first start since August. So he gets a goal in his first start. Was that his August, first goal is, too? Yeah. Well, is it actually? Anyway. Yeah. Oh, Wait, shit. I don't think so. I think he scored last game as well. But this is oh, okay. his first start, and he scored in his first start. So, which is always good if you're an LAFC fan, especially coming into the playoffs. Um, you know, you definitely LAFC, want him in form. With their potent offense, you know, they had several chances, especially with the Golden Boot winner, Diego Rossi, who's been class this season. We can't really say enough about him. He's going to give them a great chance in the playoffs. And again, in the 90th minute, though, you see Portland coming through with Viafania. And I think Portland in this game are just happy with a point because it's they're never really in doubt of making the playoffs. So now they can just focus on putting the full focus of the club on their ultimate goal, which is the MLS Cup every single year, obviously. Um, my question to you guys, though, is what are teams going to have to do to be able to stop the combo and Rossi, uh, the combo of Rossi and Vela? Because with both of these guys fully fit and in the lineup, it looks like they could score enough goals to maybe make a push for the MLS Cup, I think. Um, take notes I will be on, so pissed if how LAFC I said, wins. Notice how I said score enough goals because they will probably have to score four or five goals a match. <laughs> I wouldn't, some of I wouldn't these say teams. that. I'd say that LAFC, yes, they are good. And yes, they probably have the best teams in the league. But genuinely... Genuinely, I, I don't see them winning it. I don't. I, I, I think that they're going to come in um, with, with a lot of energy but still choke. I, I genuinely believe that. And, I yes, Vela and Rossi are incredible players, but I, I, I don't see them bringing it in. I, I think um, obviously deny them the ball. That, that's, that's number one. If, if you high press them from the back line as a team, um, I would say the likes of, of a team that, that does it well, and I'm about to get into it in just a minute, but the likes of a Minnesota who have been absolutely fantastic at high-pressing teams and really building off that and can play, play out of the back, play, create chances, has the midfield to do it as well. I, I, I think a team like Minnesota or, or a Portland in a playoff scenario, I, I back them over before I back LAFC. I could be wrong, but that's just what I feel. That's a fair point. That's a very fair point. I think you uh, have to look at the consistency of the teams and how well they perform in the playoffs. And historically, Portland have always been one of the teams to beat in the playoffs and in the MLS in general. And I it's think LAFC really, LAFC really have to show that they, they can be that force in the playoffs that they are in the regular season. And I think that's, the, that's this year. That's going to be their biggest proving point. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think Blake hit the nail right on the head with saying that they do have the best spine in the league. They do. Granted, they, they are missing Blanco due to his knee injury. I think uh, even without him, Valeri and, and the other players, players that they have is just that that spine can can be any team when they're on. Absolutely. And they're consistent with their game plan. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. But moving on from that, they take a point of peace. Moving on, Minnesota versus FC Dallas. And this is the team that I've been wanting to talk about, boys. This is the dark horse, Minnesota. You know, they, they, both of them were teams that were trying things within the first 15, 20 minutes. So much flair. You know, people were 
half volley passes into space, trying to make things happen, dynamic runs throughout the box, really opening up. Obviously, Minnesota really and truly with that press throughout front from back to front, they they're kind of unstoppable at this point. And I think that they're finding form in the most perfect part of the season, just heading into the playoffs. Now, this is a big point that I want to talk about. Load. I think that he is a player. If Minnesota can make noise and to start to win trophies or start to really make a push for trophies, I think he could be in the conversation with a player like Darlington Nagby. Do you agree? What do you mean? What do you mean in your comparison with him to Darlington Nagby? Please be a little bit more elaborate. So and his his ability, his his all out and out ability, the the way we talk about um Darlington Nagby being this probably the best midfielder in the league, I think that um Robert Lode can is can be that. He can he he's so versatile. He was playing center. Well, well hang on, hang on, hang on. When I think of Darlington Nagby, I don't necessarily think the best player in the league, right? I think most consistent player in the league in terms of a midfielder. I think over the course of his career in this league, you've seen him do the same thing year in and year out, and he does it successfully year in and year out. No matter which team he plays in, he does what he's supposed to do, and he does it well. So exactly. you, you, I, I need more clarity in terms of what you mean by load. Do you think he's going to be one of the best, or do you think – or are you, in comparison to Darlington Nagby, you think career-wise he can be as consistent, right? Um, but I, I think – yeah, I think he can be the most consistent. I think if – he can play and be in the starting lineup and be a pivotal point in any team, any team in this league, 100%. Just watching him, the way he dominates these games is, is actually really exciting. It's, it's fantastic to watch. Robin Lode could potentially be one of the best players in this league. Now, I, I believe it, but this is going to take Minnesota United needing to – to win something. I, I think because obviously the reason why we say that is because Darlington Nagby not only went to um, Portland, won a trophy, he went to Atlanta, won a trophy, and now he could potentially, again, if this is all up to Columbus, um, he could go win a trophy there. Obviously, I, I think that Darlington Nagby is one of the best players that has ever played in this league. You see what I'm saying? Obviously, he's consistent, and that's mostly what makes him so good. But I think if Robin Lode, if, if he doesn't win at Minnesota United, I think if he goes to any other team in this league, I think that he will be one of the best, one of the best players in the league. And, and we, we could potentially put him into that conversation. That's where I'm going with this. I think only time will tell. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. <clears throat> Nagby has four years on him. You know, he's, he hasn't been in the league that long, but – you know, I I think he has so much potential, and I'm 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 excited to see him in. But all in all, I Minnesota United have just done so well, and and come on in this form, this this fantastic form, this late in the season. I'm I'm really excited to see what they what they do in the postseason. All right, perfect. Well, this is the next thing I want to talk about, man. I mean, we we're now playoffs is are coming up right around the corner. Let's go ahead and talk about it. I want predictions. I want hard predictions here. Let's start. Let's start with the West Coast here, right? A big one. 
Sporting Kansas City versus San Jose. Who you guys got going through that? Mm, I got to give it to San Jose. Ooh, really? Why? Wondolowski, man. Big player. Oh, Wanda. He's got, he's the, big got the experience, and they've got Victor Wanyama in there as well, and he's had an outstanding career, and it's his first time in an MLS. I think he'll want to go far. All right, so, so we got one for San Jose. Will? I'm going to take the opposite route. I'm going to say SKC. I think um, – I know I talked a lot about how San Jose is a fun team to watch, but I think for that same reason is the reason why they can't beat this SKC team. They, they are too um, unreliable at the back, let's say, for them to compete against an SKC team that can really just take advantage of them whenever they show a weakness. Will, will it be a close one? Yeah, I think it'll be a close one. I'm thinking somewhere around a 2-1. 3-1 win for SKC. I think San Jose can show us what they have showed us sporadically. I think San Jose could could prove an upset. So I'm going to go with San Jose in this one. I think it will be very close, but I think it will be an all-out scoring brawl between the two, to be honest. Moving on, Minnesota versus Colorado. Now, we know who Blake chose, okay? So, Will. Who do you have in here? So we, we've got – I already know that he's not going to go with – I'm not even going to talk to you about that. I'm not going to look at you, Blake. But – so we've got one for Minnesota. Yeah, I'll take Minnesota in this one as well. I think Minnesota have been a quiet contender all season. And that's that's all I'll say about that. That that makes it three. Minnesota, I believe, will go out to face whoever whoever wins from the San Jose game. Moving that's on crazy to some, how it's just a general consensus that Colorado is not going to win. That's so wild. They made the playoff. <laughs> Moving on, Portland versus FC Dallas. I can I can only see one winner out of this one. It has I, to be Portland, I, doesn't it? D- Dallas this has listen. to be. And to be honest, man, I I can't see Dallas doing no, anything. There, there's no way. It, just, it has to be Portland unless they're having an off day. We've we've seen Portland get upset a few times in in the season. But Which every, everyone, I, I, every team will lose. You know? Yeah, every, every team's been upset at some point, but I, I can't see Portland losing it. They're just – they've got too much class. Now, I will say Dallas do have a lot of pace up top, and if they can catch Portland on the quick counter, they might create a few problems. But ultimately, Portland just have that solid spine, and I can see them just grinding out the win. Dallas are one of those teams I was saying that I've I've had my questions about them at the back. They've seemed to play too many – risky passes and give away the ball way too much in the, the final or the defending third. Yeah, but that's you, fine because Port, Portland aren't a high-pressing team. But they're an organized well, team. And, and if they're they organized, but, that, but they'll organized sit back and, and they'll, well-coached. They'll absorb the pressure and then hit them on the break. But I think if they lose the ball when they hit on the break, FC Dallas could cause problems because if they're not able to get back in time, FC Dallas, like I said, they've got so much pace up top. Fair enough. Fair enough. What's our What's our – consensus here i have to go with portland portland Portland. i think we're all gonna go with portland i'm gonna go with portland in a low scoring one yeah no i i I don't think that this will be like portland's not a high scoring team so portland low scoring I, i i will go with that next one is the absolute powerhouse is seattle versus lafc i i'm i'm gonna go with the team that i've been holding on to this whole time, and that is Seattle. I, I think that they're going to win MLS Cup. I think they're going to do the repeat this year. They've just been so good from start to finish. It's It's got to be them. Yeah, I'll say Seattle as well. They just look too complete. 
especially in that final third attacking wise with Morris Rudiaz and and Ladero. They're just too good going forward. Too good. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the opposite perspective on you guys and I'm gonna say LAFC win this one. Well plus it's it's also gonna be in Seattle. So the the traveling so LA won't have them at LA and it's just I you you can't tell me there's still that. a substantial amount of time from now until the game though and there's no one playing at the moment. True, 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 true. So, uh, moving on to the East Coast, Philly has a first round bye. Um, what? Not not I think really Philly's going to win that game. <laughs> no, excuse me. Sorry, sorry. They, they're they're waiting to see who who wins the uh, the play in game between Nashville, Miami and um new england and montreal that those are the those are the two playing games for the eastern conference so i hope new england win it i can't wait to see philadelphia play new england again <laughs> <laughs> for the 12th time this season so that we we should see who plays them um now we, we're going to go with the games that we know and are confirmed now is orlando versus nycfc and that that's a tough one I, I don't know who could win that game. I'm I'm gonna go with Orlando. I'm gonna go so, with NYCFC. Which because I think that this is just Orlando's year. I I do. I, I fully believe that. They have too much momentum and are too good. Granted, they, they have lapses in concentration, but in in a game like this, I, I think that they'll they'll pull this one through. I'm, I'm taking NYCFC. I'm gonna take NYCFC. And That's agree with fair. Blake here on this one. I think I feel they, like I feel like Orlando has hit a a plateau and kind of just stabilized, right? But I feel like NYCFC have gotten better as the season's gone on, and I think that's what's going to carry them over Orlando is the fact that they've continued to get better. Fair enough. Moving on, Columbus versus Red Bulls, an all-out or the the most organized, not the most organized, but some of the most organized teams in this league right here. A lot of talent on display um, between Red Bulls and crew. That's going to be a lot of uncertainty on display as well. Yeah, very true. Very true. But Red Bulls, they love a playoff. They, they, they do, do love, love a, playoff. a playoff. They love choking a playoff. That's for sure. They do. They do that as well. But ah, this one's going to be tough. And, I don't know how to split it. I'm I'm gonna go with on sheer talent and on paper, Columbus crew should get past them. So I'm gonna go with Columbus. I'm gonna say Red Bulls. I think the directness is gonna confuse Columbus, honestly. I'll take crew. I'll take crew with you on this one. Fair enough. Fair enough. Two to one on that one. And then Toronto again waiting to see who they play in the playoffs. Boys. It's, it's, it's exciting stuff we got coming up. Guys, this is all we have for you guys. Make sure you, to follow us on Instagram at The American Soccer and follow us on Facebook as well, The American Soccer Show. And ladies and gentlemen, we will see you guys very soon.